Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 76. In this episode we talk about learning about search behavior, HubSpot sales sequences, and some learnings. Now this is the podcast for marketing managers or sales professionals who are either using HubSpot or are considering using HubSpot. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. Craig. How are you this evening? Oh, really well and just pumped up from all the learnings I've made recently and we'll discuss that a bit later. Yes, you are very learned, aren't you? (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) All right. Now, on to our inbound thought of the week, Craig. Now, this is an article posted on Moz by Rand about the state of search behavior. And what was really interesting, there were about 23 things, I think, it was fascinating, but we want to highlight one of those 23 things. Number three says, what percentage of users perform one or more searches in a given day? Now, I'll read this from the post. It says, this one blew my mind. One of the millions of active US web users jump shot monitored in October 2016, only 15% performed at least one or more search in a day. 45% at least one query in a week. And 68% performed one or more queries that month. To me, that says there's still a massive amount of search growth opportunity for Google. If they can make people more addicted to and more reliant on search, as well as shape the flow of information and the needs of people towards search engines, they are likely to have a lot more room to expand searches and searcher. Yeah, look, it's really interesting. I'll take a step back and just explain how they put this study together. Because what, Which is fascinating. It is, because what they've done, and I, I didn't realise this, but there's clickstream aggregation companies yep. that basically, and the one they've partnered with is Jumpshot. And what these companies do is they analyse how people use their web computers browser. and yeah. their web browsers. And I was thinking, oh, I wonder what they do. Do they have to install something? No. If you're using the Avast antivirus plugin just yes. on your browser... That's actually the clickstream aggregator because it's actually watching what you do and what you click on, especially if you're in a Google search result, <laughs> what you search for and what you click on. And it's and passing that data back anonymized. Yeah, but to it's these not just Google data, right? Because it's, it's passing back every bit of content if you're on Facebook, etc. Well, there could be other channels as yeah. well that it might look at. But Correct. this one, Avast, for example, is a web browser plugin. Yeah. You know how it gives you a. If, if you use it, you've seen sometimes it gives those ratings when you Correct. go Google yep. search results says yeah this is a safe site etc. Because it's a browser plugin, it's actually listening to see what you click in or click on, and especially on Google, yeah. So it passes this back and they analyze it. And I, I think uh, I was going through their site. It's like billions of items or yes. measurements they're making yep. each month. And so Moz have got together and said that's a really rich source of data. Yeah. We'll analyze it and pull out these findings. And yeah, the one you highlighted is how many searches do people do in a week on average? Because they're across millions of users or consumers in the yes. US. Yeah. And what you said, yeah, only 15% performed at least one or more searches in a day. Which so is really? 85% didn't perform a search. <laughs> it's, it's mind blowing, as the guy says, uh, that you quoted from the article. So yeah. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm shocked. I'm stunned as well, yeah. It blew my mind. It blew your mind, that's right. (laughs) But the thing is, like, obviously, we we use Google Webmaster Tools. We use the keyword tool within HubSpot. You see lots of not provideds. So I think this is one of the things, as as you start reading this article that Rand's written, you notice that he says, look, there's a lack of data 
And so this is another way for them to qualify and quantify what's going on. And what we'll do is we'll pull more of this every week as we go on. But there are some fascinating learnings from this. We could spend a whole year going through. Absolutely. A, a yeah. finding each week. There's another 23 shows worth. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But here's the takeaway for marketing managers listening to this. Because a, a few things. One, you might think, oh, well, Google's where we're going to get all our traffic. Correct. You know, that's that whole inbound yes. kind of approach. Oh, get on Google. That's right. Uh, well, yes, of course. And as the author of or that quote you read, there's opportunity there and that's growing. And Google, of course, wants to get more people sticky on their search results. Yep. So, yeah, definitely chase it. But 85% are not actually even doing one search a day. You've got to say, what are they doing? They're using other channels to find you and your competitors. Yep. And that's why we're always saying social and other, you've always got to be looking at these other ways to get traffic. Sure, Google's a good one. But just be mindful as a marketing manager that it's only one, it's a, actually a small slice of the pie of available options to bring traffic to your company. Yes. All right. On to our HubSpot marketing tip of the week, Craig. Now, this is an interesting one. Look, it's, it's a bit a, of a gotcha. A little bit of a geek, geeky <laughs> one here. But if you've ever wondered the meta author tag on your web pages, your HubSpot web pages, ever wondered where that's come from and i'm going to say 99 percent of the time you won't have even known about this tag except when you see it perhaps popping up in google and you go where where to get that author tag from and by the way i'm not talking about blog post authors i'm talking yes. about web page authors i've got a screenshot here where actually hubspot inserts it into the source code behind this meta tag for the author and i was trying to find where this is said and i I was tearing my hair out trying to find it. And so we've got the answer. Um, if you're the, well, the one person, the one other person in the world that's interested in where this is said, it comes from email settings. Yeah. Can you so, believe that? And the company name within email settings. So I think the takeaway is go and check your site and see what author you've got just to make sure that's correct. And if it's not, you can correct that. Onto the HubSpot marketing gotcha of the week, Craig. Right. So lead you know, flow styling. You know how I love lead flows. Yes. Yeah, I do love them. But it and they're limited. And that's kind of good in a way. Yeah. Because sometimes when these call to action slide and they've got millions of uh, options. options and you get lost. Lead flow is very simple and I actually like that. However, one thing that I do find a little bit frustrating is you can't override some of the styling. So here I'm talking about the color of the text, for example, used on, say, a slide in. Right. And so it's a bit of a gotcha. Um, you can't do it because I actually thought, oh, I'll be smart. I'll override the CSS behind in the content management. No, Leadflow <laughs> overrides that at the end. So uh, the point of noting this is if you're a marketing manager and you're saying, oh, we're using Leadflows, can I change the color of that text there? Sorry, you probably can't. Bit of a gotcha. However, pe- lots of people want to be able to override it. So there's actually an ideas.hubspot. Uh, entry that you can go and vote up. So please go and vote that up um, so that we get a few more options to cover that. And uh, speaking of voting up ideas, Thank another you. one from George B. Thomas on the Hubcast this week, he mentioned, and we've chatted about this before, this idea of, you know, landing pages, you can A-B test landing pages in HubSpot. Yes, but you can't do that on web pages within <laughs> the system. Yeah, so if there is an ideas option there, we can vote up. That must be an easy one for them to do. They just go, oh, yeah, well, we'll just enable that. Let's one. enable that feature. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, speaking of George B. Thomas and lead flows, there we go. See how I put those nice two things yes. together? He has a nice little video on how to hide lead flows on some pages. 
Yeah, right. And this, again, is I, I don't know if you'd use this that often, but you can run into this case where maybe you've set a lead flow to be kind of global across your site because you haven't got around to tailoring it to each page yet. Yep. And yet on some pages, for example, a landing page, as he quite cleverly demonstrates, you don't want to pop up on your landing page. So you just want to hide it individually on some of those pages. So he walks you through. It's a very simple piece of script. And we've got a video here uh, that we'll link to of his where he just talks you through how to actually put that into your HubSpot site. So nice one, George. All right. On to our sales feature of the week, Craig. We're going to talk about sequences in the sales side. So for those of you that don't know what this is, it's a feature that was introduced probably a year and a bit ago at Inbound and basically gives you the ability to put people into a sequence with a list of emails and tasks. So you basically you can set it up and you can not worry about it. And obviously it'll lock people out of the sequence when they respond. So the whole idea of this is to not go, oh, okay, in two days' time, I've got to remember to email Craig again because he hasn't responded to my email. And then maybe another two days later, say, oh, I still haven't heard back from Craig. Let me email him again. So let me go write another email. This is supposed to actually be able to automate a lot of that but obviously to a single person. So it's kind of uses the features within HubSpot, which is like the template feature. So you create a template, but this is a kind of a sequence of templates with tasks in between. So you can say, look, if after the third time, after the third email, I haven't heard back from Craig, uh, I need to put a task in there to follow up with a call. So it'll make sure that it puts a call in his contact record to say, you need to call Craig because he hasn't responded. And you'll know the reason why. I haven't really used this whole heap. I've actually just implemented one and I'm testing it on you. And it's got eight steps and runs over a period of about a week or two. So we'll report back. But what I want to highlight is HubSpot have actually built out these sequences or these sequence templates within the system. So you can actually go and select ones that actually are applicable and you can build your own ones. What I wanted to highlight was that when they were talking about it, they had what looked like three sequence sequences already set up, but there are actually more in there. So there's one sequence say you have a conversation with someone and you want to follow up there's a sequence in there for that say you've been to a conference like you've been to inbound you met some great people and you want to follow up after the conference so you can actually create a sequence that's related to that conference there are ones for product demos following up uh, following up after a meeting even prospecting ones you know did you download that uh, pdf all right so there are all these different types of sequences i'd encourage you to go have a look at the sequences, educate yourself, test it with people within your organization first, and then start using it with people. Because one of the things I see in this is that you could speed up a whole bunch of communication with people, uh, automation, with really maybe spending an extra minute or two going through a sequence and refining it and really understanding how it's supposed to go. So I'd encourage you to look at it. I think this is a great feature. You know, one of the things I really like about HubSpot is that they give you, there's two things. One is here's the tool to do it, but two, here's some pre-filled stuff that you can use. I'm going to grossly generalise here. People generally fall into one or two camps. One, I'm a creator, or two, I'm an editor. Correct. And I think with these pre-filled ones, you'd never use them as they are. But it's much easier to say, oh, yeah, well, I'll use that. I'll pre-fill it. That's the 80%. And then I'll just do the 20% of tweaking so that I put my voice in it, that kind of thing. And that's really good. And uh, I I think this is another example of HubSpot, just giving you those tools to actually rapidly get up to speed. Now, one thing I wanted to say that helped me when I was setting this up, it kind of was a bit overwhelming, even though I chose a sequence 
which was about having a recent conversation with you. I implemented that. I went through the sequence. I tried to edit it. Didn't really make, I edited one or two things. Didn't make sense until I actually went and started the sequence to send it to you. And I saw your information being filled in. I saw my signature in there. I kind of saw the sequence of emails of each of those emails and when they were going to be sent. Then it made more sense and I actually had made more edits. So that's why I say test it out with somebody you know and see what happens and see whether sequences break or they don't make sense. It's actually a great way because when I was just editing the template, I really couldn't see how this is going to flow. But after testing, I can. Right. Good insight. Yeah. Well, you know what? You should take a leaf out of George V. Thomas's book and do a little video on it. A oh. screencast. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I wonder what if I send that, you've started that sequence to, to me. I wonder if I send it to spam, whether that will apply to other emails I get from you. Yes. Just from your normal Gmail. That's right. right. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. I won't spam you, Ian. Try okay. not to spam me. No, I won't. All right. And the bonus, there's a bonus here, which we've added, which is on Medium, which is about 10 cold email tips I used to get 60,000 app signups. There's a great little article on a guy um, going through his thought process in Outreach and every single email he constructed individually and sent it. And he talks through how, I can't remember actually the stats, but I think it was about he spends up to an hour or an hour and a half researching the prospect he's going to contact and then crafting an email, an outreach email to them. I think that's really useful to know because we always want to go for the shortcut, right? It might be a sequence, for example. Oh, I'll just use the library, bang, you know, slam that out. Here's the other side where he basically crafts them individually and you can get a lot from his learnings come to that in a sec um about kind of the things how he used emotion hooks and some of the tips he used in how he wrote those outreach emails and the result of that was yeah getting sixty thousand signups um to their app through various recommendations on other sites and referrals and things like that all right now this is another addition craig this is a this is someone you speak, one of your customers actually, which I thought was very clever. It's a customer service follow-up instead of sales reps follow-up. So let's pretend I'm calling you that you've just downloaded something and this is how it will go. Yeah. So I'm the cold prospect. I've come to your site. I've downloaded an ebook. Great. Hi, Craig. It's Ian from Blue Widgets. I noticed you downloaded one of our guides earlier today and I work in the customer service team. I'm not in sales and the reason for my call is just to check if you're able to download View the guide and if it was useful for you. All right. Are you trying to sell me something? No, no, no. I'm from customer service. Just making sure that you actually got the guide. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, actually, it was pretty good. Thanks. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Thanks, Craig. See you later. The key difference here is saying I'm not in sales. And he found this by accident because he he does marketing, right? Yes. My customer and helping him with marketing. Uh, And by the way, shout out to Adam. Thanks for listening. The listener of the show too. Hey, Adam. How are you? (laughs) And anyway, he's saying, so they were generating all these leads. But handing them to the sales team who are saying, oh, no, the leads are crap. We're not, we're not using it. He's like, oh, I don't think they are, but we'll do a sanity check. And that's how it came out. Yeah. So they would actually call them yeah. just to see whether it was useful. And here's the thing. They just got such a good response because it's almost like the first thing you try to rush into the statement is, I don't work in sales. And then that diffuses makes them, the whole thing. Yeah, diffuses and makes them relax. Yeah, look, and, and I, then you got the feedback. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I like the other flip side of the coin. If they said no, they didn't, or they hadn't bothered to read it, he uh, he basically said, "Oh, would you like me to send it to you again?" 
So he had that opportunity to resend yeah. the PDF. And the, and the other secret got off the phone quick. Exactly. As don't linger. The, yeah, don't linger. Don't, oh, well, while I've got you, can I just interest yeah. you in a, no, none of that. Yeah. Just value. Create value and then ask for the sale. On to our next item, which is the Sydney Hug Reminder. So this is the HubSpot user group. And this is the Sydney one that's running for the first time this year. It's on the 30th of March. And there is a link in the show notes to it. So you can register on Eventbrite and be there. Looking forward to it. All right. Opinion of the week, Craig. This is Netflix testing new content consumption formats, which I thought was pretty fascinating. This is great. It was a week or two ago that this came out. And look, this has been rumored for a while. They're actually confirming they're doing it. And what Netflix are doing is they're providing a kind of a choose your own adventure style to some of their format. Where as a viewer, you can actually choose a direction to follow in a TV show. Okay, so they'll make multiple versions of, say, episodes and things that happen in episodes. And you can choose the one you want. Now, this could be a flop, right? Yeah. But it could actually be the start of a new content consumption format. And we're not talking about huge things, not like the total change in the ending of a series, but it's things that happen in. Maybe some characters get more interest or you follow their path instead of another one so i think this is fantastic and you remember those choose adventure books from your childhood right that was so good anyway the reason we're highlighting this in the show is because netflix so ahead of the game in terms of engaging consumers and it's this whole idea of engaging you for consumption of content i think marketing managers should look at this and go oh choose your own event in how how is that possible netflix is going we're going to make it possible Think about your own audience and how you can provide more engaging consumption, I guess, patterns or habits for them. I just think brainstorm. And uh, I I just find these, it's it's an exciting time to be alive, isn't it? There's just so many cool things happening. Yeah, and I think the whole thing is being open to understanding what's there, learning from things like this to say how can we implement that in our businesses and in the roles that we're in. I mean, you can imagine a piece of, I'm just talking off off the cuff here, but you can imagine a piece of content where you're going through, and we already have these where, would you like more information on such and such? And it just, you click a response and it kind of just changes the page that you're on accordingly, this dynamic content piece that we're seeing. There'll just be more and more of that coming. Correct. On to buzzword bingo, Craig. (laughs) Here we go, learnings. What have you learned? The, The term learnings. Like, have you noticed people throw this into sentences a lot and they'll say, oh. Is uh, this a corporate bingo? Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> it's corporate buzzword bingo. I've heard, it, I've heard it with three separate uh, customers in the last week. And I'm not criticising the customers necessarily, but I'm just saying quite often the word learnings actually means we failed at something, so we're going to pretend we learned something from it. Correct. And it's like they ran a campaign, they've got no results. Oh, we got some important learnings from that. It's like, actually, no. Yes. <laughs> just call a spade a spade, you failed, right? It was a done. You know? And failing is okay because that's is, a part yeah. of what we do, right? It's just understanding about why it failed. Yeah, that's right. You that's blew right. a whole lot of money on something there and you got no return. You, the only learning was you, yeah. That's you, right. You shouldn't have done it. All right, Craig, on to our creative top 10 of the week. Okay, this is my challenge to you. To Tell get, me about this challenge. To flex your creative muscles. I want 10 ways to target the HR manager of a large enterprise. All right, fantastic. Go. Let's go with number one. Find them on LinkedIn through search and create a target list of people you want to talk to. Number two, find mutual connections and ask for an introduction through LinkedIn or other networks that they belong to. 
Number three, do some display advertising targeting sites and audiences in Google where HR managers would read content. Number four, join groups on LinkedIn where HR managers would be residing and be a part of that conversation and be known in those groups. And you've got a link there with a suggestion. I like it. Yeah, I just did a search for HR manager groups wherever they reside. And there's a list there, so it's pretty cool. Number five, research a particular HR manager and see what their interest is. Here's an example. Find a toy and object that they would want and send it to the minus something. So I'll use this example I love cars or I love remote control things. <laughs> maybe maybe a drone. Let's, let's use a drone, right? So you send me the drone, but you don't send me the controller for the drone. But you put a note inside that, hey, I'd love to talk to you for 20 minutes to show you how you can help your business. And if when we're after call, I'll send you the controller. I have a love-hate relationship with this idea. I think it's great. I love <laughs> the idea. And I think to the right person, yes. brilliant. And I have a hate relationship with her. I was like, man, how frustrating would that be? <laughs> I don't know. So you got to pick your targets quite That's well. Right. Right? No, so, I like yeah, it. Again, this is not. I like person, it. Right? I like it. Right. I like thinking it's different. It's it's got cut through. I yeah. like it. All right. Number six. Find everyone on Facebook in a corporation with the job title of HR manager, and promote content in front of them or run an ad. Number seven. Find events to sponsor that are run by the in this case the Australian HR Institute or similar bodies where you would get people in HR actually. Um, attending. So I put a link in there to all the conferences and networking that the Australian HR Institute run in Australia, all around Australia. Number eight, contribute to blogs that HR managers would read. So the Australian HR Institute has blogs that you can contribute content to. So that's a good way to get in front of HR managers that you're targeting. Sponsor content to HR managers on LinkedIn and Facebook. So that kind of ties back to the previous ones I did. Uh, specialized content directly to HR managers for enterprises to target their pain that they're experiencing and answer those questions. And number 11, this is the bonus. A bonus tip, yeah. Co-author and promote an offer with a complimentary partner that has access to HR managers. Oh, I like that. I like the, the co-partnering, yeah. Now, I, I got this idea because HubSpot does a lot of this. Mm. With different people, they've done it with Canva. They've done it with Twitter, Shutterstock, yeah. Twitter. They've done they've done a whole bunch of things. So again, it clearly works because they continue doing it, right? So it's something that we can learn from and leverage with what you're doing in your business. Actually, when we were chatting with HubSpot about this last year, this whole co-partnering strategy, they have they're actually saying uh, that partnering is working so much better than say whole things like webinars correct and webinars kind of don't really work that well for them but yes. partnering does so just an interesting little tidbit there for, for marketing managers yeah and the thing is just to understand in there what they're trying to the people they're trying to get webinars aren't working but then if you talk to somebody in a different field who would be using hubspot but using webinars they could be absolutely smashing it yeah no, that's quite right and working so again Horses you've got to measure on yeah. all these channels that you're using what's producing the results and what's not and then obviously scale what is producing and pull everything back that's not producing that's a good point because i was falling into the trap of saying oh it's not working but you've actually pulled me up and said actually test and measure exactly. which is what we should always which is our mantra, it's our mantra test the measure and i was there going oh hubs yeah no it's the green button that always works. <laughs> All right. Thanks, thanks for those tips. They were good. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Well, I do hope you use it with your customer and I'd love to hear some of their reactions. To yeah. Look, I, I'll just make a comment on the last few from seven onwards. I really like how you're saying 
the first the first uh, five or so are around targeting the person. Correct. And then the latter ones were targeting where those kinds of people hang out. Yes. And I just like that. Yeah, yeah nice yeah. balance. Yeah, well done. All right, on to our podcast of the week, Craig. Just a quick one. Hola, that's a shout out to George and Marcus of the Hubcast and we've linked to their latest uh, episode. and Episode uh, number 130, like about... Uh, <laughs> No, Twice the distance of where we are. Yeah, no, they've they've done really well. They've always been an inspiration to us. But, yeah, and hola, that'll make sense if you listen to the episode. All right, on to our resource of the week. Now, this is a fantastic piece of content from getuplift.co. It is about optimizing e-commerce sites, a 20-minute read, but well worth it. Tons of useful ideas with some great explanations. This is such a good post by Talia um, on conversion rate optimization for e-commerce stores. And yeah, it is it is really good. Like we've got e-commerce clients and I'm going to really dig into that. I was going through these I, I just because we've just taken on an e-commerce uh, customer as well, fantastic site um, product and client. But just looking, I was going through this today going, oh, man, <laughs> tons of ideas. It's so good. So if you're in the e-commerce game, well worth a read. Always be helping, Craig. And that's what that article is doing. All right, on to our quote of the week. Now here's two quotes from Elon Musk. A failure is an option here. If things are not failing, you're not innovating enough. I thought that was a good one. And this is the next one. It's okay to have your eggs in one basket as long as you control what happens to that basket. Why I really like this quote is that, you know, when we do lots of things for clients, people always say, I want you to guarantee this or I need this result, but they're not willing to give you control of anything. Perfect example. Like if I can't control the website, but you want me to run paid advertising and see a result, well, I can't guarantee that because I can't guarantee what happens on the site once people learn. And that's a really big component to having good quality scores, good experiences, and then delivering a better result. So that's why I love that quote. Yeah, nice one. What's your random thought of the week, Craig? Oh, look, just an article that was on Search Engine Land from Screaming Frog. They write a SEO tool that we use. Um, oh, but, do they? Uh, yeah. You use Screaming Frog? No. Uh, SEO Spider? Oh, it's a great, great tool for crawling websites. So actually, we should put that in a tool suggestion. Tool suggestion. It's a bit geeky, but uh, what they noticed was that Google, Google has this SEO guide that normally ranks number one. Yes, yes. And what they noticed was Google was mucking up their... Firstly, they're 302 redirects and then they're canonical <laughs> Right. And so what they're able to do is actually hijack the number one ranking for that SEO guide of Google's. <laughs> so it's a fun little article. I wouldn't recommend you follow it. But if you're ever interested in knowing whether SEO is fallible, yeah, here's an example of Google stuffing it up. And then, uh, yeah, the fun, the shenanigans that ensued. All right. And if you got lost at 302, just rewind. We'll fast forward very quickly. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right. And on to the, there are bonus, there are heaps of bonus links with great content for the rest of the week. So have a look at that. And we encourage you to join our Facebook group. Have a chat to the Hubshots bot. Thank you, Damesh, for chatting to the Hubshots bot. And um, be a part of the conversation with us on WhatsApp. And also, we would love to get some feedback as to, any creative ideas you'd like us to help you come up with that you need help with. We're here to help. All right, Craig, on this very rainy week in Sydney, I shall see you next week. Catch you later, Anne. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.